Um, if you've got your Bible, we're going to go to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 6. Um, we have talked about negative thoughts. Last week we talked about shame. And so this week we're going to continue on in, in our uh, series today. Now, um, I, was, I was thinking, and some of you guys may have heard me tell the story before. When I was a kid, I remember my mom and dad actually were pastoring a church uh, in Bloomingdale, Georgia, which is just up the road. And I remember that we were living in the parsonage. We kind of had this, this long driveway that, that went out to the road where the bus would come by and pick me up. And um, I would have to run out there and, and, and catch the bus. Kobe, can you bring me, bring me that? Um, and so I remember I had my backpack on, oh, and it was heavy. Uh, how many of you guys, you just, when you were a kid, you put everything in the world in your backpack? They could have been like creatures living in your backpack, right? Because you just kind of shoved stuff in there. Well, that was me. I had all my books, like probably my books and somebody else's books in my backpack. And I remember I was running late, and the bus was, was out front, and I saw it come by, and they blew the horn, and I came, I grabbed my backpack, and I came running out the door, and I put my backpack on. It was like just in, in like this one motion. I got my arms in my backpack, and as I was running, the weight of the backpack shifted, and I kind of, I went over. I pitched forward, and I did a complete roll and came back up on my feet and kept running to the bus and got on the bus. And all the kids on the bus were like, that was amazing, right? They thought that was the coolest thing in the world. And I'm thinking, I didn't have any choice. Like, the books just weighed themselves over so much. It just flipped me over. My backpack was so heavy, I didn't know what to do with it, right? And so sometimes, uh, you know, we, we have things that we carry around with us that are heavy. And today I've got my backpack, and I've, I've got some heavy weights in here. I've actually got, uh, basically, there's bricks in, in this backpack. And uh, Kobe, I told him, I was like, hey, I need you to bring me this backpack in a minute. I said, like, FYI, it's heavy. He's like, what do you got in there, bricks? I'm like, yes. You know, <laughs> so, uh, so uh, today I have, I have the, my heavy weights that I'm carrying around. And um, you know what? We all at times run with heavy weights, right? Have you ever been there where uh, maybe you've had your loaded backpack and uh, maybe it's had books and maybe it's had heavier weights than that? Maybe you've had a lot of cares of, of your life. Maybe there's been a lot of stress that you've carried around in your backpack. Maybe there's been um, just things that you have carried on your mind and on your heart and it just seems to have weighed you down, right? And so that's, that's kind of where we're going today is uh, we all run with some heavy things that weigh us down. Negative thoughts, shame, some of the stuff that we've been talking about. And we also, sometimes we carry anxiety. Anybody ever been anxious, right? Um, and I, I, I actually, I, I think we all deal with anxiety. We all deal with, with being anxious to some point, you know, that there's, there's a certain level of, of anxiousness that we, uh, that we deal with. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you this because this is getting heavy, man. <laughs> oh. Be careful. Don't drop that. Um, and so there's um, there are things that we carry around, and, 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 and some of that is anxiety. And uh, I know that even before I get up here on Sunday mornings, I've done this for years. And there's always a little bit of, of anxiousness. I told somebody that this past week. They're like, really? I was like, yeah. It's like every Sunday, you know, there's a little bit of, of anxiousness. Raina would probably say the same thing, you know. Um, just b before we, we, we launch into what we're going to be doing that day, it just 
I kind of feel that now, you know, now that's at different levels. It's, it's not at a level that cripples me to where I can't, I can't do what I need to do, but I feel that, you know, and, and, and maybe you've experienced anxiety to the point that it's been crippling to the point that that weight that you're carrying around, you're not able to do what you need to do. Right. And it's interesting that they, this was statistics before COVID, uh, that some 40 million people deal with anxiety so severe that it disrupts their relationships, uh, their work life, and their personal peace, right? Um, this was, this is kind of what was astounding was 70% of teenagers say the number one issue they face is anxiety, right? And so if you think about the things that we carry around, sometimes everybody, you may look like you're okay, but you're not, right? You may look like everything's great, but it's not. And, um, and for us, I think one thing that we need to understand is this. Well, let me, just let me give you the disclaimer up front. Um, I am no psychologist. I am not a therapist. Uh, I'm just a pastor that believes God's word, okay? And that's what I, I want us to go through today to talk about uh, what I feel Scripture speaks to this. And so I think doctors and, and counselors and therapists are great, and I encourage you to, uh, to, to make use of, of these great people uh, because I, I think it, it takes all of us to come together and realize, you know what, this is not something that, that you just kind of talk yourself out of, right? This is not something that you just kind of ignore. It, you, you ignore it, it's going to go away. Many of you know that that's not the case. Um, but, but what does Scripture have to say? What, does, what, did, uh, what did Jesus specifically have to say about anxiety? And uh, kind of that's, that's where we're going today. We're going to talk about anxiety. See, anxiety is rooted in fear. And uh, I want to give you a couple definitions today because uh, fear and anxiety are related. Uh, anxiety is like... Uh, fear's ugly cousin, okay? So uh, what is fear? So let's define these terms, and these are just some of the definitions that I'm going to work with. You may have a different definition, and that's okay, but these are the definitions that I'm going to be working with today. So this definition of fear is this. Fear is an emotion caused by a belief of a potential looming loss, okay? That's, that's, what, that's what fear is. Fear is an emotion caused by a belief of a potential looming loss, that, it's, uh, that there's something that, that we're fearful of. Maybe you've been fearful uh, at, at night. Uh, I remember, you know, one time I was, was walking to a friend's house, and I heard something in the bushes, right? I couldn't see it. And in my mind, it was a lot bigger than what it was. And, and uh, you know, I went running and jumped in the back of this truck, and it was a little dog that had come out and chased me. And some, in my head, it was much, much bigger, right? But um, fear is one of those things that, that we deal with, and it is, it is the root. Uh, or anxiety is rooted in fear. So fear is an emotion caused by a belief of a potential looming loss. Something is going to happen. There is the potential that, that this could be bad. Um, maybe you have some kind of impending sense of doom. Anxiety is this. Anxiety is the present emotion. Is the present emotion of internal turmoil that results as a result of uncertainty of the future, right? So I don't know what's going to happen, but I have this inner turmoil right now that I'm dealing with. It's, it's present. It's not in the future. I feel it right now, right? That that something, I don't know what's going to happen, but I just feel like something bad is going to happen, right? And you feel like, anybody ever felt like that? You just kind of carried that around. And some of us, that that is a bigger weight than others, right? Some of us, that, that our backpack is loaded more 
than 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 some of the, uh, the rest of us and so we carry this stuff around and and anxiety we feel that it's like present emotion see anxiety is when fear uh is about something in the future or something that might happen rather than what's happening right now right that's what anxiety is it's, it's something that might happen it, it you don't know that it's going to happen but you feel it right now all right and, and there's this gap that we have there's a gap and i'm gonna what do you do with your gap and the gap that we have is this the gap between what is known and what is unknown right the gap between your present and your future what do you put there what do you do with that what do you put in that space between what is known and unknown right i, I don't know that this is going to happen but i feel this is going to happen right I don't know that this is what's going to take place, but I feel this is going to take place. That, that sense of doom, that sense of just dread, that, man, I, I don't know what to do with this. And you feel that. What do you fill that gap with? What, what, what does that gap look like for you? Or, or the present, right? What's present right now? What do you feel? And your future. I don't know what that future holds, but I feel like it's not going to be good. And, and so we, we carry this stuff around. And see, anxiety is a process that always leaves us with less. Anxiety is a process that always leaves us with less. And Jesus spoke to this. Uh, if we go to Matthew, Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 is where we're, we're going. Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 25. Matthew 6 and 25. This is Jesus speaking. He says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. Now that sounds really good, right? Jesus, well, that, I'm, I'm so glad you said that, right? Have you ever had that somebody just said, you know, well, you just need to stop being anxious? I mean, why didn't I think of that? Right? Why, why didn't I think of that? You know, just, just stop it. Stop what you're doing. Stop it right now. Stop being anxious. And, and some of us, when we hear that, we become even more anxious. Stop yelling at me. You're making me anxious. You're making me more anxious. Right? And, and so if we could do that, we would. Right, and so, so it seems like Jesus, what are, you, what are you saying here, Jesus? Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. I think Jesus has to give us some context and not just, hey, stop it. Stop feeling that way. Do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more val of more value than they are? Verse 27, And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan? Right? What Jesus is saying is this. He's saying what we just, what we just said right here. Anxiety is a process that leaves us with less. Anxiety always subtracts from us. It never adds to us. Anxiety always subtracts from us, and that's what Jesus is saying. He's like, listen, it never adds anything to you. It doesn't bring any value to you. All it does is it pulls from us, right? It, it, it leaves us with less energy, uh, less peace, uh, less patience, uh, less of, of that sense of everything is going to be okay. It always leaves us less. And that's what Jesus is saying. He says it doesn't add anything to your life. It, by being anxious and worrying, you're not going to be at it won't add anything to you so anxiety always subtracts from us it never adds to us there was a pastor that shared shared something with me and um 
it made a lot of sense. And it's called the window of tolerance. And I want to share it with you. Now, the, uh, the guy behind this, he wrote a book called The Developing Mind. And I've, I've kind of started going through this book. Uh, his name is Dr. Dan Siegel. And basically, he explains this concept of the window of tolerance. And I think, I, Blake, I, I gave you that, those, those in, the, in the notes there. You see that? So we all have a window of tolerance, right? And so you see this kind of this this wave of stress. Anybody ever ever had waves of stress that you had to deal with, right? And so we get waves of stress. And you see this wave of stress here that you're, everything's good, everything's good, and boom, something happens, right? And then you feel that stress, okay? And then maybe that wave of stress passes through and it, it subsides. It's like, man, I'm cool, I'm good, I'm good. Well, we, we all have this window, this, this yellow box is our window, our window of tolerance that we can deal with the stress. And as long as our window of tolerance is bigger than the wave of stress, we're good, right? There are things that we kind of get stressed about. Ah, oh, you know what? That's fine. I, I, I can deal with that, right? I, I, I'm okay. Uh, man, this is, this is okay. I'm, yeah, this is a little bit stressful, but I'm going to be all right. I know what to do here. I feel like we're, we're going to be okay. The problem is this, is that our window of tolerance can shrink. You know, and Dr. Siegel talks about this in his book that our windows can get smaller. And so, you know, what happens when your window uh, begins to shrink, right? And you still have this wave of stress that rolls through, this wave of stress that rolls through your life, and your window shrinks, and it begins to feel like, hmm, maybe this is, you know, a little more than what I can deal with. This is what happens when you start feeling, feeling overwhelmed, that your, your window that, that you feel like, I can tolerate, I can tolerate, now my window is smaller. Anybody you ever felt like this? You know what I'm talking about? This makes sense. I mean, when they showed this to me, it, it made a lot of sense. I thought, yes, uh, this is kind of like the picture of, of kind of how I felt before. You know, and for, and for some of us, our window not only shrinks for a little bit, but it shrinks a lot, and it gets a lot smaller, Right? And so this, this is kind of a picture of, of what anxiety feels like. And, it, and it's not just, you know, the big things that you feel like you can't deal with. Now it's the little things, right? You know, we all have stresses, right? Um, when, when your kid turns 16 years old and you got to give them a car and they, they got their driver's license and you hand them the keys and it's like, I remember when Kobe, you know, went his first day to uh, school driving by himself I, I was I was kind of anxious, right? Uh, and, and you feel that we get those, you know. And so, what do you do with that? You know, and I, I just kind of got in a place. All right, he's going to be all right. He's going to be all right. We've been driving. We've we've I've seen him drive. You know, some of you guys though, you've seen your kid drive, and so that's why your window's shrinking, right? And, and you're telling us your window should be shrinking too because I've seen my kid drive. But uh, but you know, we we all have things that that make us anxious. We we all deal with it. But some of us, our windows get smaller. And so, so some of us, when um, we get to the point that it's very small, it's the little things that just spin us out. It can be the little things that it doesn't take a whole lot to spin us out because our window of tolerance has shrunk so much. It's just like you're just living in this state of what's the next thing, what's the next thing? I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I can't deal with this. All right? And so... Um, 
Dr. Seagull says that you can actually increase your window. So what do you do from a shrinking window? How do you grow your window of tolerance? Well, I actually want to go to another book, and it is Scripture is where I want to go because I believe that Scripture has a lot to say about this. I believe that Scripture actually gives us a lot of what to do to grow our window of tolerance. And I want us to go to Philippians because I believe Paul lays out a plan uh, of how we can practice uh, this this idea of peace, right? How many of you like peace? Peace is a good thing, right? See, and, and this is the thing. See, I don't. I think most of us, if we were to ask you, hey, you know, how many of you like dealing with stress? None of us like dealing with stress, and definitely none of us like living in an anxious space, right? And I don't even think it's, hey, I just want this stress to go away and I'll be okay. I think most of us, we don't want to just live in a place where just there's absence of stress, but we actually want joy right? I don't want to just get by. I don't want to just not have things bad in my life. I, I want to be able to rejoice and enjoy what, what God's good world has to bring. I want to rejoice in what God's doing. I want to be able to, and I, I believe for us, that's where scripture speaks to, and this is what Paul lays out in, in the book of Philippians. And so let's go there. Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. And we read this the first week. Philippians chapter 4, we're going to begin in verse 6. And I'm going to, I'm going to, actually, I'm going to start in verse 4, so don't freak out, okay, Blake, because uh, I didn't give you this. But uh, verse 4, this is what it says. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I'll say rejoice, right? Because that's where we want to be. We don't want to just be where we're like at the baseline of just kind of getting by, right? I don't have stress, and I'm just getting by. We want to be in a place where we have joy, Right? I want to live that kind of life. I want to live the joyful life. That's really what we want. And so he starts, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I'll say it, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious. Once again, Paul and Jesus basically telling us, hey, don't be anxious. That's great, guys. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you for that great advice. But he does not stop there, right? Just like Jesus gives us context, Paul also gives us context with this. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will do what? It'll guard your heart. It'll guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true and whatever is honorable and whatever is just and whatever, whatever is pure and whatever is lovely and whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And whatever you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. And the God of peace will be with you. So what is Paul saying here? He says this. He says peace is a practice. Peace is a practice. Peace is a practice. Peace is something we have to practice. And how do we practice this peace? What did he say? Well, if we go back to uh, the last page in verse 6, what did he say? He says, do not be anxious about anything, right? He gave us... He gave us the, the, hey, stop doing that. But he said this. He said, this is how you're going to stop doing that. 
but in everything. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Pray about everything. That's the first thing that we've got to do. We've got to be willing to pray about everything. How many of you, prayer is your first line of defense, or is it your last line of defense? Right? How many of us, we do everything that we can, and then we go to prayer, right? I'll be honest with you. I've been guilty of this. I have been guilty, and and I'm your pastor, and that's probably not a good thing for me to say. I have been guilty of trying to work things out myself. Because, you know what, I I feel like, anybody ever said you got to put legs on those prayers? got to put some action to it right and sometimes i've jumped straight to the action and i've never talked to god about it i'm just like i jump into fix it mode i jump into action mode and and i, and I don't and i don't pray about it <clears throat> and and so i've definitely been guilty of that one thing that i love about my parents my parents are prayerful people my dad before he passed away my dad um was just he would go around and he would he would do these prayer help churches start prayer ministries uh, he actually came here and uh and and taught worked with our elders for a while uh just uh, just talking about prayer how to pray for your church how to pray for your pastor how to pray for for the things that are going on in your church right and so um i've seen this also since my dad's passed away my mom is just a person of prayer i i, I know when i was in high school i remember getting up early in the morning, and they would already be up before me, um, and, and I know that they would be awake, and I, I, would, I would come in, and uh, she would have the light on, and she would be reading, you know, she'd be reading scripture, she'd be reading, doing her devotions, and I would hear them pray, I would hear them pray for me, and my sisters, and, and our family, I would hear them calling our names out, right, I, I, my mom now, I, I think she's even gotten more prayerful, you know, the older she's gotten because it's this thing of, hey, I, I've, I've got to trust God to fight some of these battles that I can't. I remember it was a few years ago, um, she was she had some worry about her roof, you know, the, her house, and her house is, is an older house, and uh, I, we kind of knew I'd already been up there and tried to fix a few places on it, and I knew it's like, you know, putting a Band-Aid on a broken dam, right? Sooner or later, uh, this is not going to work. And uh, you know what? You talked to her about it, and she was a little bit worried about it. She's like, you know what? I'm going to pray about it. <laughs> and I thought, that's great, Mom, but, but we might need to make a plan here, you know. Uh, but she had already made a plan. Her first line of defense was to go to God and say, all right, God, you know what I need. You've always provided for me. And and I remember it was it was like, Two or three months later, she called me. and She says, hey, I'm getting a new roof. I was like, what? She's like, yeah. She's like, uh, somehow the, the insurance guy uh, came out and uh, talked to me and, and realized that there were some storms that had messed some stuff up. You know what? And he's like, I think, Miss Ogden, we can get you a new roof. And, and I thought about that, and I was like, man, you know, I, I didn't see that coming, right? Uh, and, and she didn't either, but, but she put it in God's hands, and God knew what needed to happen. Right, and you say, "Well, the insurance company fixed that." I don't know. I, I, I'm going to tend to believe that God, uh, God holds all things in His hand, and He can direct things. Right, um, and so when when I see, you know, my mom praying, and her first line of defense is she prays about not just not just the big stuff. She prays about everything. Do we pray about everything? That's what Paul's saying. He says, "Pray about everything." Pray about everything. In prayer and supplication, make your request known to God. He says, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, what? What's the next step? With what? Thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. 
let your requests be made known to God. So first step is pray about everything. Second step is this. Thank God for what he's already done. What, what do you have to do? It's you have to remind yourself of what God has already done in your life. I, I'm just, I'm just a quick poll. Has God done anything for you? Raise your hand. If God's done something for you, just raise your hand. Keep it up. If you're here today and God's done something for you, do you have breath in your body? Did he get you up? Have you made it this far in life and you're still living, right? You know, these are things that when we look at and we say, all right, God, what have you already done in my life, right? And so what you may need to do is go, go home and, and take a piece of paper and write those things that are stressing you out on that paper, you know? Maybe, maybe write the, the top three or four things that are stressing you out on that piece of paper. Then I want you to go underneath that, and I want you to just begin to write the things that God's already done. God, what have you done? How have you shown up in this? How have you already been? You know, this thing's stressing me out. I'm stressing out about my kids. God, how have you already, how are you already shown up in my, in my kids' life? How have you already shown up in this, in this situation? How, we have to remind ourselves, and what we have to do is give God thanks. God, thank you. I'm praying about this. I'm praying about this. God, I'm not just asking, but now I am beginning to thanks, thanks for how you've shown up already in these stressful times. And when I see that you've already shown up, my mind can see that, you know what, there's a place now where you can show up again because you've already proved that you're the God who's willing to step into my stresses. You're willing to step into my worry. You're willing to step into my anxiety. See, I don't believe peace is just something we practice. I believe peace is a person. I believe peace is the person of Jesus. And Jesus steps into these anxious places in our life, and he steps in and he says, hey, here I am. I'm, I'm here to help you carry the backpack. I'm here to help you take that load. I'm here to help you see that I am the God that is not just with you in these other moments. I'm going to be the God that steps into the things that are stressing you out right now. And so we pray about everything. We thank God for what he's already done. And the last thing is this, I'm going to ask somebody to come play. last thing is this, is we're going to refocus our thoughts. Right? We have to refocus. See, that word anxiety, when Jesus used that word in Matthew chapter 6, that word, he says, don't be anxious. That uh, little Greek word there is marianeo. Marianeo is, is a word that means to be pulled apart, right? It, that's what he says. That's what's happening. Don't get so pulled apart because we're distracted, right? Isn't that, isn't that what really describes our mind? Our mind is divided. You've been there? You're thinking about 20 different things. You ever woke up at 3, 4 o'clock in the morning can't go back to sleep? Why? Because your brain's kicked in and it starts. It starts spinning. And now you're thinking about not just one thing. Now you're thinking about one thing that's connected to two things and two things connected to three things. And now just all these things and you're spinning. You're spinning. All this stuff's going in your head and you're trying to figure out, I just, I just want to go back to sleep and you can't go back to sleep because you got to solve not just one problem now, you got to solve the 40 problems that have spun out from that one problem. And that is the picture of Marianeo. Anxiety as it divides us and it pulls us apart. But Jesus says this. He says, my peace I give you and my peace I leave with you. Not as the world gives, but my peace I give to you. He gives us peace and leads us to peace. And 
For one thing, we have to refocus our thoughts. What do we refocus our thoughts on? Well, what does it say in, uh, in Philippians? If we go to verse 8, we talked about this on week 1, and it applies here again. That's why we're talking about it again, because it is, it is so applicable. Verse 8 in Philippians, it says, Finally, brothers, whatever is what? True. What's true? Whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely. These are the things I want you to refocus. If you're going to think about things, remember once again, I can focus on the stress, but if I've listed out everything that God's already done, if I've listed out, all right, God, this is where you've shown up, and this is where you've shown up, and this is where you've shown up. And in the person of Jesus, it's not just peace that we get, it's not just a product it's the person of Jesus is stepping to our life. And this is what it says, that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. He's guarding it. I'm not going to let that take you over because I'm reminding you this is who I am and this is what I do. This is where I step in and this is what I've already done. And this is who you are in me. And let's expose the lies of the enemy. The enemy says, you know what, that this is, that uh, the impending doom is going to happen. I'm the God that holds your life into my hands. And Satan can't wrestle you or pluck you out of my hand. Right? The enemy, the adversary, cannot overpower me to take you out of my hand. I'm the God that will protect you. I'm the God that is for you. So this morning... We, we do these things. We pray about everything. We thank God for what he's done. We refocus our thoughts because it's the peace, the peace, the shalom. Shalom is the wholeness, the wholeness of not just mine. It's that wholeness that Jesus is calling us to, that we're, we're whole. We're in harmony with God in every part of our being. We're saying, all right, God, that doesn't mean my, my stresses are gone, but it means I have a God who is working for me. I have a God who is working things out ahead of me. I have a God who is going before me. I have a God who has stepped into my anxiety. And he is not letting Satan pull me apart. He is pulling me together. And he holds me together because that's who he is. So I want us to pray right now. I want you to stand with me. I want you just to bow your head just for a few minutes. What is that right now that's been on your mind? What is that that's been been consuming your thoughts and consuming your heart right now? What is that that you say, this has been stressing me out? Well, Lord, we're going to pray about it. That's what we're going to do right now. And we're going to give you thanks for how you've already stepped into our lives. So, Lord, this is where we're at. Anxiety is a tool of the enemy. It's a tool and, and a weapon of the enemy. But see, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. The weapons that we fight with are not fleshly weapons. They're not man-made weapons. It is weapons that have been honed in and have been sharpened and have been given to us by the Holy Spirit. And so today, we approach the throne of grace. Today, Lord, we come to you and we, we acknowledge that we are people who are anxious at times and sometimes anxiety consumes us. But Lord, we believe that you're the God who is over this. We know that there are times where you've already stepped into our life. We recognize that. Not only recognize that, we remind ourselves right now of those moments. 
we remind ourselves right now of those moments where you've stepped in and you've been the God who has conquered the giant. You have been the God who has put things back together. You have been the God who has who has provided for us when we didn't know what was going to happen. God, we remind ourselves of the former victories and we believe, God, that you have even better victories in our future. So, Lord, the gap that we, we see between our, our present and our future, we're going to fill that with you. God, the gap that is, that is between the known and the unknown, we're going to fill that space with you and what you do and who you are. God, fill that space. Fill that gap in our mind and in our hearts right now because, God, we are refocusing on who you are and who you want us to be. This is our prayer. This is what we ask, and this is what we commit ourselves to in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing this song together.